Hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Did you know people that listen to the Dynasty Crossroads Show are 20% more likely to be happy? Probably, maybe. This and other maybe facts on the Dynasty Crossroads. Check this out. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your host, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dan, Matt, and Ryan, episode 590 of the show. Lots of fun stuff to talk about this week and some that's not so much to fun, fun to talk about including some injuries, which were a big part of Sunday's action. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, we got to talk talk some trade on this week's episode, and we'll do a couple, maybe a few rounds of a middle-of-the-season startup mock draft. Before we, that, though, we need to talk to the guys. Ryan, week, what is it, week six already? <laughs> we're, six. we're through it. Holy week cow. Six, week six, yeah. seven, like on the horizon by the time people are listening to this. Holy cow, it's going fast. Yeah, I need uh, I need week seven to be here because week six was was not very kind. Um, okay. Yeah, it was it was it was a rough one for me. Uh, the score, I mean, you know, we we had gotten used to some high scoring games, some close games, and for the most part, it was it was kind of ugly football uh, on Sunday and uh, lots of injuries. I know we're going to get to some of those, but uh, yeah, kind kind of an ugly day all around in my world. It was, I think the story of the day for me, hi, Matt, we're going to bring you in too. But the story, <laughs> the story of the day for me was the horrible quarterback play and really, really of yeah. the weekend, even it started on Thursday with just awful play from Russell Wilson. But in those early games on Sunday, Desmond Ritter threw three picks and like had the ball three or four times in the fourth quarter with a chance to go down the field and tie the game and couldn't get anything going. Geno Smith was the same thing. Over and over, that game just stayed 17 to 13. And he could not get the ball hardly into the red zone, into into the opponent's territory, let alone into the end zone. And then Derek Carr did the same thing. At the end of the game, they're down seven. He throws four straight uncatchable jump balls in the end zone. Just awful quarterback player all the way around. I haven't even mentioned like PJ Walker and Zach Wilson, who actually had a couple nice plays, Josh Dobbs and Baker Mayfield. And then some disappointing uh, performances from some of the bigger names like Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields in that game. That was gross. Gardner Minshew did not fill uh, the shoes of of Anthony Richardson all that well. And the list kind of goes on and on. Brock Purdy finally looked like Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh-round draft pick for really the first time. And, and I guess he gets a pass because of the injuries. But, you know, we have a just a couple quarterbacks on by, no big names there with with the Packers and the Steelers. But the quarterback play really went in the toilet in week six, Matt. And fantasy scores show it. Hey, um, listen, Kyle Pitts got a touchdown this week, you guys. Oh, good. <laughs> he should have had a second one. He should have had a second one, but John who got in there and stole that one from him. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a rough week from a scoring perspective. The quarter, even like Patrick Mahomes, like he was 30 of 40 and the numbers were there in the end, but even he looked kind of mortal against a, a Denver defense that we thought he was, I mean, I thought he was just going to go nuclear against. Um, so yeah, it was Jaylen a Hurts. bit of a down week. Jalen yeah, Hurts, Hurts to, yep. to make big plays late in that game. And he, he made a couple questionable decisions, decisions we don't see him make very often. So um, quarterback play was down. Scoring was down. And guys, we haven't even really touched the buys that are coming. We got six next week. We had two, two poor teams on by this week. Next yeah. week we get we get some good ones mixed in with some bad ones. So it's gonna get worse. Hopefully your dynasty roster is deep, especially considered considering these injuries that are going to get tacked on to the buys. Uh before we get to the startup guys, we should mention that the episode tonight uh is brought to you by League Tycoon. If you play in contract dynasty leagues or have ever thought about joining one but we're worried that it would be too much work, then you're going to want to check out League Tycoon. They have perfected a platform for fantasy football, salary cap, and contract leagues. Leagues are super easy to set up, and they offer a ton of configuration and management options. League Tycoon's mobile app makes managing your team easy. In fact, their mobile app may be the best in fantasy football right now across the whole industry. It's feature-rich, easy to navigate, 
and doesn't have a lot of distracting features to take away from pure fantasy football enjoyment. So go to LeagueTycoon.com to get more information and download the app. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating your league, your first year is absolutely free. The Startup. Yeah, we're going to start the show on a sour note, really. It's it's all about the injuries, guys. And some big names in this, including Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, David Montgomery, and Justin Fields. It was littered really across the whole landscape of Sunday football, Ryan. If you look at this list, and we could throw, we could throw in a whole bunch of other names, including Trevor Lawrence, who had a knee injury, and Ryan Tannehill, who seemed to suffer a pretty serious ankle injury over there in London. Jimmy Garoppolo, another quarterback for us uh, that play in Superflex, and then some minor ones all over the league. It it really felt like, Ryan, they just stacked up over and over. And these big-name injuries, we're going to be watching real close this week. Yeah, a few of the biggest names in the game, of course, Christian McCaffrey, one of one of the biggest, if not the biggest. And, you know, that's this is all coming on the heels of what we dealt with last week. And, you know, we didn't talk about those injuries too much on last week's show. We mentioned Anthony Richardson. uh, But at the time, we were hoping that would be a one, two, three week injury. Instead, his season might be over. Uh, We didn't uh, honestly didn't even realize uh, Devon A-Chain had suffered an injury uh, when we were uh, recording the show last week. He's on the IR. And, and of course, Justin Jefferson, the top name in the game, uh, in the dynasty game at least, also on the IR. So now we follow that up with a lot of the names mentioned here. McCaffrey, Debo, David Montgomery, Justin Fields, lots of quarterback play. And, I mean, Dan, that kind of goes along with what you were saying as far as uh, – as far as the quarterback play, if any of these quarterbacks miss time, we're probably going to be dealing with more poor quarterback play. And of course that, uh, that impacts everybody. That's why we care about that the most. Yeah. Some potentially some, some low end backups getting on the field guys like Brian Hoyer, who we saw on the field for Garoppolo this week. We, we don't really care about Garoppolo all that much, but we need somebody to get Jacoby Myers the ball, to get Devontae Adams the ball, and even Michael Mayer, who had a had a big game now. Um, we can't have those stacked boxes against Josh Jacobs. Matt, when you look look across the league and see all these injuries, and then tack on all of the all of the buys that are still to come and the guys who have already gotten hurt, I think we feel this way every year, but doesn't it feel like, oh man, this is one of the worst years for injuries? This happens all the time, but it's getting old. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I think from, we have to look at this with, uh, you know, like a silver, some of a silver lining standpoint. You know, if Debo misses time, maybe that trickles down. We'll get some more Kittle big games. You know, he was really disappointing this week after an uh, uh, incredible game uh, in week six, or excuse me, in week five, right? So uh, with both McCaffrey and Samuel, like maybe he goes out, uh, shows up next week. Montgomery with Montgomery out, if he's going to miss time, you know, hopefully Gibbs gets back and we see a little bit more work from him. So, you know, there are silver linings here with Tannehill out. If he misses time, maybe we get to see Ryan's boy, Will Levis, you know, maybe we get to see uh, some Malik, Malik Willis again. Um, I don't know. Um, so I'm trying to look at it from that perspective, but like you guys mentioned, it should be an exciting waiver run uh, for deeper leagues. Yeah, even in deep leagues, which we we don't always get, honestly, these injuries will create opportunities. You know, I will say to your silver lining there, I think most of us in the dynasty space were pretty excited to see Jordan Addison in that number one role. Yes. And sure, he scored on Sunday, but just three catches on five targets for 28 yards. And there are times where the expectation grows too high after an injury for that backup player, that next man up mentality that all these teams have, we we continue to hope and hope uh, hope springs eternal, right? It it kind of buries us sometimes. Um, it, the hope that these players come through and 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 really pick up where the starter left off, but that's not always realistic. Uh, across these injuries, Ryan, is there a specific guy that really concerns you the most? I mean, I guess it has to be McCaffrey. He's the biggest name on the list. And, you know, we're we're all familiar with the injury history from uh, a couple years ago. 
I mean, he, you know, he, he suffered the injury, was questionable, came back in the game, played one or two snaps and, and then goes back to the locker room. So, I mean, with all these guys, it's a, it's a wait and see um, situation. Fortunately, none of them were that serious type of injury. At least we don't think it was that we can already talk about, talk about their season being over or something like that. It's we're, we're going to have to wait to t- for testing and on, on all of these players, but, McCaffrey has to be the one that we're most focused on right now. I'd also throw up the name David Montgomery to that. It, that was a rib injury. He, he walked off. He, he real, really looked tender after that hit, and we didn't see him again. Just six carries for 14 yards. That really upset that offense, it felt like to me. Craig Reynolds wasn't all that effective. Ten carries for 15 yards just averaging a yard and a half per carry. And Montgomery has set a high bar for this season. If that keeps him out of the lineup with the Gibbs injury, that's uh, that'll affect things moving forward. Multiple injuries now for David Montgomery. That's not a good thing for those of us who, who are riding him as an RB2 in Dynasty right now. Um, let's get off this negative talk. Let's, uh, let's talk some trade. Let's talk trade. Yeah, we thought we'd try to identify some buy low targets. Each of us come up with a short term answer, somebody that could go get us points right now if we need him, uh, hopefully for a contending team or maybe even a fringe playoff team. Uh, a player that could ex- we could expect to bounce back this season and score us point. And then our second player is somebody for future. Um, Ryan, you, uh, you have a really, I, I want to start with a long term investment here. Because I think you nailed nailed it right here. Uh, who's your long-term investment that you're going to try to buy low on? Yeah, I went with Jahan Dotson here, the commander's second-year receiver. Uh, another, another rough day, very disappointing day on Sunday. I believe just one target, no catches uh, in that offense. And we've talked Hit about... Hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Yeah, yeah I think it was yeah. a drop on top of that. <laughs> Yep, that one was on him for sure. I mean, we've talked about that offense. They're clearly spreading the ball around, um, not not just focused on McLaurin and Dotson as as uh, that team was last year. And, you know, for the most part, I think that's going to be a good thing as far as the team's success. Clearly not so good for Jahan Dotson. Uh, but you think big picture beyond this year, I mean, I still trust in the talent of Dotson. Obviously, he was a first-round pick. Uh, this is not a team that has, um, you know, they don't have a lot of weapons uh, currently. And I, I just, I just feel like the talent is going to going to shine through here. Maybe not this season, but, but at least next season. And, you know, Eric B enemy went to this commander's team to ultimately land a head coaching job. And, We've seen some pretty bad coaching jobs around the league already this year. I, I, I think, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's a head coach somewhere next season. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's the change that Dotson needs to get, get his career back on track. Yeah. Not that this is what we're talking about, but you mentioned the enemy there, the success of this commander's team. They're now three and three. They're doing that with a unproven quarterback and he is spreading the ball around throughout that offense. Those are all things that an owner or decision maker, general manager will like to see um, with, with potential openings. And I think you make a valid point. There's also the chance that if it goes the other way and this team doesn't continue to have success, that there's a, a whole new startup in over there in Washington, new head coach, new offensive coordinator and everything. And Jahan Dotson fits into most offenses. Clearly it's not the enemies. However, when uh, Curtis Samuel's getting uh, four more targets than him, he's getting looks in the end zone. McLaurin that you mentioned there, six catches for 81 yards on 11 targets. That was nice to see while we're on the topic. I went to the doc when we said we were going to do this and wanted to put Jahan Dotson in, but Ryan, you beat me to him. I had to settle for Marvin Mims. He hasn't played all that much. And maybe a lot of dynasty managers, at least sharp ones, are going to know what, what's going on over there in Denver. He he hasn't played more than 35% of snaps in a game yet and has only one game with more than two targets. In fact, that was a five-target game, and the rest of them are either two or one targets. His snap percentage is very low, regularly routing, running single-digit routes in a game. But 
He's translated though that 30, 30% of snaps into 10 catches for 246 yards and a touchdown. Plus he has that big return touchdown to his ledger. He's shown that he's an electrifying player that he belongs at the very least in that deep threat role, kind of in that Rashid Shahid role at the very least. And we've seen that that can be, that can pay off dividends for dynasty managers. Meanwhile, the other receivers there in Denver, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, have been rumored to be available in trade. So we could, this could qualify as a short-term and long-term help. And right now it's not like he's going to cost you talking about Marvin Mims. He's not going to cost you a first round pick or anything like that. You might have to tack on something to a second, to a sharp owner. But the truth is if, if we're, we're talking about a box score manager and a player that, that uh, a, a team manager that just looks at stats Mims is just rotten on the bench to some managers out there. So maybe you can swoop in and grab him and maybe it takes till next year, but perhaps you get a player this year that slides into your wide receiver three spot or maybe even a flex spot. Matt, do you have a long-term investment? Yeah. By the time people listen to this, um, you know, maybe this ship has sailed, but I put Quentin Johnston on there. Um, we saw the first three weeks he, uh, you know, he had his route participation. The highest was in week one at 38%. And then in week four, one, the first week that um, he was, uh, he was playing without Mike Williams in the lineup. He that had shut up to 69% of route participation. He still hasn't scored more than three points in a game. Um, so you hope with the bye week that they have, you know, learned how to integrate this guy into the offense. I've said before, you know, I I did not like him as a prospect and he landed with the Chargers and I loved him as a prospect and then he's done nothing. And I guess that was to be expected with both Allen and Williams playing really well. Um, but now with Williams out of the way, Quinn Johnson's going to get an increased opportunity. And, um, I don't know if we've talked about it here. I've heard on other podcasts, um, but both of these older receivers, they have massive cap hits next season. And uh, both of them, by, by cutting both of them, they could save. By cutting one of them, they could save twenty million. Cutting the other one, they could save twenty-three million uh, against the cap next season. So I'd suspect one of these guys are gone. Um, and uh, it just seems like the opportunity is there. He's still probably going to cost you. You know, the people people still having the faith. The, the the trade value is all over the place in the trade finder. Uh, we see James Cook straight up. We see a single first straight up for him. David Montgomery straight up. Alexander Madison straight up for him just a few days ago. So the trade val- trade value is all over the place according to the trade finder. But I think he's worth taking a shot on at this point uh, as long as he doesn't do- go nuclear on Monday night. So we we identify three wide receivers as long-term investments. Mims currently wide receiver 33. Uh, Dotson at wide receiver 37. And Johnston at wide receiver 42, all according to October ADP. Let's identify some short-term help. And coincidentally, we all went to the running back position for this one, Ryan. Where are you going here? Yeah, I I wouldn't say I feel confident about my pick, but, um, you know, this is a long season. We've already talked about these injuries, and um, you've got to have some running back depth to, to really succeed in your dynasty league. I went with Javante Williams here. Uh, of course, not not a great start to the season for him, but that's that's why the price is down. That's why you can get him uh, a lot cheaper now than you could have even uh, just prior to the season starting. Of course, it's that's kind of turned into a a three man committee backfield uh, along with uh, Jaleel McLaughlin and uh, and Samaje Pirine. Pirine just looks. I, I don't know. He looks, he looks toast. Um, you know, he's, he's been bypassed already by McLaughlin. And um, honestly, I just think Javante's the most talented of these three backs. And, and again, kind of like what I was saying with Dotson, I, I feel like that's going to shine through here and he's going to uh, earn a larger role here moving forward. Javante comes in at running back 16, 56 overall in our most recent ADP. I was a little surprised to see that name on the list, Ryan. If, if there was a Denver running back I'd go by right now, it would be McLaughlin because of that uh, electrifying speed that he has and the ability to turn one play into a big play. I also see the Broncos as a team that is flailing right now and, and really looking towards the future. And I could see them shutting Javante down potentially and giving Jaleel McLaughlin more of a workload to see what the rookie can handle. Despite his small stature, he's a big play waiting to happen. So uh, I differ slightly on that one. That's I went fair. with a 
running back as well. And I went with a guy that scored on Sunday for the for the Patriots. It's Ramondre Stevenson. If they're going to have any success here this season, it's going to come through the running game because that passing attack is brutal to watch at this mm. point. Mac Jones, he could get replaced any day. And, and his play, honestly, he's deservant of it. Stevenson, meanwhile, another guy, real slow start. And while his ADP hasn't dipped all that much since uh, since the start of the season, he's still coming in at RB13, 48 overall. So still hanging in there as a fourth-round pick. Dynasty managers are sick and tired of Ramondre scoring single digits, although he scored more than that, of course, on Sunday against the Raiders. Um, you might be able to swoop in and grab an RB2 there. I actually I actually bought Ramondre Stevenson this past week in one league, hoping that the, that the Patriots decide we need to get back to the ground game, let those big guys up front create some holes for Ramondre and potentially let Ramondre do what he's done best over the last year or so, and that's catch the ball out of the backfield. Zeke's not going to be that guy at this point in his career. Stevenson's going to have to lead them in both categories if they want to uh, compete even at this point. Matt, you're looking for some short-term help in the backfield as well. Who's your guy? Yeah, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. Um, assuming coming off the bye week, he's going to be healthy. In week one, he finished as the running back one overall with 27 PPR points. In week four, he missed week two and three with an injury. He played in week four, but I believe re-aggravated there and was just, just did not have a good game um, in general. And then we haven't seen him since uh, week five, and then he was out again, and then it's the bye week this week for him, right? So A.J. Dillon has been completely terrible. Dan, I don't know if you would agree, maybe outside of the week five game. Uh, he's been real bad. Uh, this yeah, he season. wasn't that I great in week five either. He wasn't either. He got <laughs> he in the end zone, better. but like that's the best you could say, right? Right. So, I mean, I just at, at running back 31 in our October ADP 96 overall, he seems like a bit of a screaming buy for a contender right now. He's going around, um, you know, players like he's he's going just ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, right behind Miles Sanders and Roshan Johnson, right behind Jacoby Myers. Um, Joe Mixon. I probably think I'd rather have Aaron Jones than Joe Mixon right now with the with the way he is playing and kind of disappointing despite the the better offense. Uh, in the trade finder, you can get Jones for a second. You see him straight up for a first in some cases. I think I kind of like a deal of like if I'm a strong contender, sending my first for Jones in a second, something like that. If if you if he's on a on a non competing team, Miles um, Sanders straight up, Rashad White straight up. So like if you want to pivot, I think there are options there to get Jones you know, fairly cheaply for the stretch run here. And now his bye week is over, stays healthy. You get him the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and everything coming out of green Bay indicates he's getting healthy, right? I, yeah. I think that holding him out of that Monday night game in week five against the Raiders, that was an opportunity to give him a couple of weeks of ref rest, yeah. have him healthy going into the second half of the season, which is important for the Packers because clearly he is their best playmaker. Uh, moving forward. There were a handful of other players I considered for both of these spots, guys. One of the running backs I considered was a, a dud from week six, a, a guy that I always pound the table for here. It's Damian Pierce. Um, another sub 50 yard rushing game wasn't involved in the passing attack, but that offensive line is getting healthier. And while maybe it didn't happen here and we did see a little bit more of Singletary, Devin Singletary in that backfield, I just believe in Pierce's hard-nosed running style, and, and I think he could be had on the cheap at this point. Was there anybody else, either, either short-term or long-term guys, that you really thought about, that you considered adding to the list, no matter what position? Because um, I'm, I'm thinking about this. There's probably somebody out there that needs some short-term help at the receiver position. We all picked running backs. There's probably some people that need help at the quarterback or tight end position. Anybody else you were thinking about here, Ryan? Well, as far as the long-term investment, I think you could go with, uh, you know, several different rookies that are that are off to slow starts. Um, I know, Dan, we were talking earlier in the week about Zach Charbonnet as a as a, as a possible trade target. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I would, I don't know if I would necessarily call him a buy low, um, only because I don't I don't know that his price has dipped too much. Um, but again, if you find that him. discount. I bought Charbonnet this week for what I would have, I would call like a second and a third plus second and a couple thirds, that kind of, yeah. you know, there was Debbie stuff in there. So it's kind of hard to equate it to a regular league. Um, right. But I, I kind of can see that as, as buying low slightly, maybe. 
I do think I think guys like Charbonnet and, and Quentin Johnston would fall in this category as well. I think they're difficult to buy, especially if you're talking about trying to flip picks for a player. Because in, in most cases, these managers just spent a first round pick on these players and and they're not ready to sell for a second or a couple seconds even. So I, I think that makes those types of players typically tough buys. I mean, I'm certainly not giving a first rounder for either of those guys right now. I was Matt, I was yeah. surprised you mentioned that a first rounder for Johnston. Um, you know, of all the things you could I, do with your first round pick, I mean, you know, of all the players yeah. you could buy or just keep the pick and, and see what you get in 2024, buying Quentin Johnston would be one of the last things I would do. I, was I would try to be more creative were, with my offer for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was thinking at the quarterback position, you guys can tell me if I'm crazy here, especially in Superflex. If you're looking for a long-term investment, if you're not thinking about this year, trying to win this year, what, what do you guys think about tr- trading for Aaron Rodgers at this point with the injury? You think dynasty managers are thinking, get what you can at this point? It's, it seems like he's very motivated to come back and play for the Jets next year in what should be a good offense. I'm happy to send a single contender second for Aaron Rodgers if somebody just wants to get out for it. Yeah, that's kind of what I, that would be the price, I would imagine, um, somewhere in the second round or on there. Um, it really depends on if that if the manager is a contender right now and looks for looks for a player in return or if he's if he's farther down in the in the standings or he, he or her. Can you, can you send can you send Zach Wilson for him? Uh, that I don't I don't know if that's happening. Can you get much for Zach Wilson? He made a couple good throws against the Eagles. He helped him win. Mainly the defense helped. Uh, all right, that's some uh, that's some buy low targets. Uh, tried to cover a few extra positions there. Let's uh, let's hit this mock draft. These are always fun. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. All right. I thought this would be a good idea this week, guys, because we do have to navigate these injuries. Some are short-term, some are long-term. We also need a way to talk about multiple players in a segment, and a mock draft is the best way to get there. So let's uh, let's kick off a single quarterback dynasty startup mock draft. We'll try to get as many picks, get over 30, 40 picks maybe, uh, in here and talk about these players as much as we can. This Again, single quarterback. We're going to we're going to assume PPR uh, and kick it off at the top. Matt, you drew the number one pick, followed by Ryan, then me. So who's going to be number one, then? I'm going to switch it up. I am not going to take Justin. You're going Jefferson back to Kyle here. Pitts? I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to take the other guy. I'm going to take Jamar Chase. Uh, and, you know, I think, again, you can take these guys in any order that you want. I think at the, the, this point I'm thinking about – where he has the injuries, are already going to miss another four? He's going to miss four games, or I guess three more games at least this season. Uh, Cousins, you know, every year it seems like he might be gone. He could be gone again. What's the quarterback situation going to look like there? And we know Jamar Chase is going to have Joe Burrow for you know the next handful of years. So I think at this point I'm comfortable pivoting to Chase as the the 101 in one quarterback leagues. I like that. Yeah. I think most dynasty managers will look for a reason to pivot off of Justin Jefferson because of the injury right now. Ryan, I personally, I wouldn't do it. I would go with Jefferson still, but they're close enough that it's really whatever your flavor at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough situation with the Jefferson injury, obviously on IR that puts him out at least four weeks, but we've already heard this talk that if the Vikings continue to lose, maybe Maybe he, maybe his season is over. Yeah. We, I always like to, uh, I'd least like to entertain the idea of pivoting off these injured players. As you mentioned, Dan, the tough thing with Jefferson is chase is really the only pivot. Uh, I don't think you should go lower than that. I don't think you should, you know, consider CD lamb or AJ Brown or, or Amon Ra. Like, I think those are, you're going too far down unless you're getting a, a huge, uh, second piece in, uh, you know, in, in uh, along with, with that main player. So if you can't flip him for, for a chase in a deal, it becomes very tough and uh, you're, you're kind of stuck with him, but I'm, I'm stuck with him at two and I feel pretty good about that. So I'll take Justin Jefferson uh, at the 1.02 still. Yeah. I feel like those are the clear one, two uh, right now. 
um, just like it was all off season, really. That leaves me with Bijan Robinson at the three spot. And a week ago, if you remember back, I took I took Anthony Richardson in our Superflex rookie mock redo over him. Bijan's just too valuable in our market right now that that you can't those names that you just mentioned, Ryan, at the receiver position, you can't really push them over Bijan because of the price tag you can get out there on the market. Bijan belongs here at number three. That's where I have him. Yeah, I'll go back to wide receiver. I think Bijan's the only running back I'm considering probably in this round. Um, but it's still AJ Brown for me at wide receiver three. He still looks fantastic. Hurts had a little bit of a rough game as you as you mentioned, Ryan. Um, but I mean, and it's going to go back and forth. There's going to be times where Devonta Smith gets is, is the the primary producer in a game. But I just think AJ Brown is, is is too good to not have here. He's certainly in a tier, I think, um, with several other guys, um, several other receivers, especially. But uh, to me, he's still the, the the top guy in that tier. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. I think once you get past uh, Bijan Robinson at three, you're looking at a uh, a deep tier, probably the rest of this yeah. round uh, of wide receivers. And it really just becomes kind of a case of, of pick your favorite. Um, that's what I'm going to do here. I'll take Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, the Lions wide receiver at the 1.05. Yeah, you dirty dog. I wanted Amon Ra at number six. That's uh, that's where I had him right there. Actually, I had Amon Ra at four and A.J. Brown at five in my rankings. And I, I actually kind of think there's a tear break here. I don't like what I'm seeing across the rest of the landscape. So I'm going to move down most dynasty managers boards and I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson here. He's the next guy. I have him at six in my rankings. And I know what we're seeing on the field right now with Zach Wilson under center isn't reminiscent of a player. We're uh, investing the top six, a top six pick in. But Wilson's ultra talented, and this is only going to last for the rest of 2023. By 2024, Wilson's going to be that elite wide receiver one that we love so much, and he's still only 23 years old. Yep. Um, man, I didn't expect Wilson to go this high still, but I, I, I do like it. I mean, we're, we're, this is Dynasty. We're still buying for Dynasty, and I still think he's going to be incredible with Rodgers if he does make it back. So. Um, I'm going to, mm, I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle here. And I, again, like Ryan said, this is a deep tier and there's a handful of wide receivers here that I like just as much. Um, but Waddle, uh, in that incredible Miami offense, Tyree kill is certainly going to be Tyree kill as long as he's there, but he's put out there. He wants to play, I think two more years. So, uh, I think, don't think Jalen Waddle is necessarily going anywhere. I think two, as long as he stays healthy, this offense is going to keep rolling. Uh, it's the best offense in the league, and uh, he's a key component of that, as he showed today, I think. So uh, Waddle here at wide receiver, five, six, six. Yeah, and at seven overall, that puts Ryan on the clock at number eight. I'm going to keep the uh, wide receiver run going, and I'll take C.D. Lamb here at eight overall. Yeah, thanks for doing that. I didn't want to take him. I'm I'm a little <laughs> a little scared off of CeeDee Lamb. He's not one of my guys. I, I've never really been a massive fan of his game and his body language on the field this year. It's not I'm not digging it. He seems upset. He's he doesn't feel like he's a big part of that offense. There's there's some stuff brewing he's, in Dallas that isn't good. He's not, Dan. Like he's he's seeing like the second lowest eight out of his career so far at eight point eight. Uh I think he is averaging just 22% target share, whereas we usually see him up in that 25% range. So um, he's, you know, they're spreading the ball around more. They're running the ball more, just like M- McCarthy wants. And but you know, he's he not, does have a very easy schedule coming up. So I think he's right. going to rebound. He's not like an alpha receiver to me. He's not one of those guys that yeah. goes up and gets it, demands the football, and and takes the ball away from defenders or, or absolutely destroys guys at the line of scrimmage or at the top of his route to create that separation that makes you say, yep, that's why he's a top 10 pick in dynasty. Not that all of these guys have all that, but Garrett Wilson has those things. He has all those things. AJ Brown has those things in our mock drafts in October. Uh, CD lamb came in at wide receiver three at number four overall. And that's shocking to me considering the start to the season, 
Now there could be some changes in Dallas too, and maybe that changes things for Lamb. But again, that body language and then that lack of like an elite trait that makes you say that is the thing that makes me want CD Lamb on my team in the first round of a startup. It doesn't exist. I had Chris Olave over him. I'm going to take him at number nine and. He's been banged up a little bit, but played good on Sunday, has had a decent start to the season. There's other options there in New Orleans. I love watching Chris Olave uh, get open. He can create separation in a phone booth, and I love it. I want him on every single team. I think he's he hasn't reached his his climax, the the ultimate point that he can he can reach as a dynasty player or even a football player in general. I really do think he's still getting better. His releases are getting better. His uh, uh his ball skills at, uh, and his his ability to make yards after the catch are those things that are eye popping. So I like him at number nine. I had him at number seven in my rankings. I like how this is going for me. Yeah, this cracks open a, a new tier for me. Um, I think this is where you can start considering some other running backs. But uh, I'm going to stay at wide receiver. And I don't know, you guys tell me if you think this is high. I'm going to take Devontae Smith here as the wide receiver nine in the fourth and the first round, uh, 110 here. Uh, you know, you don't often see two wide receivers for the same team uh, go this highly. Uh, but I think this is deserving. We see Devontae Smith put up plenty of wide receiver one weeks. And when he doesn't put up those, he's usually a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three. So um, I feel comfortable with it here. I, I, I think you could say it's a little bit spicy because he's not the not a, the wide receiver one on his team uh, necessarily, but I think some weeks he is. So it seems okay to me. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I don't mind him in the first round towards the end of the first round. Still 24 years old, attached to a quarterback and coaching staff that we really like. And AJ Brown is, you know, we always hear the rumors about the knees, right? He's, he's only one, one pivot away from missing time or, or that affecting his long-term outlook look as well. Devante is up and down. One of those players that you're not surprised when he goes one catch for six yards, like he did in week five, but not shocked when he goes eight for 160 and a couple scores either because of that, you know, breathtaking speed. I, I, I like him towards the end of the first round. Didn't have him quite at 10 but certainly fits in, in these, this group of picks. Yeah. I thought that uh, pick was, uh, was a good one as well, because that's who I was going to take. So uh, you got, got me on that one, Matt. Um, You know, at some point we have to move to the veterans and uh, I think, I think now is that point. So I'm going to take Tyree kill here. I mean, like what, what do we need to say? The production is just too good. 29 years old. You know, maybe that only means one or two years of uh, elite production, but that's that's more than we can expect from uh, a lot of these other players, even in this early range. Yeah, he he needed to go in the first round, and you know, in those mocks that I referenced earlier, he went in the first ten or first twelve picks in every one of those four mocks. He, I don't think you're probably going to get into a single quarterback startup in season this year with Tyreek doing what he's doing and not see him picked in the first round. I'm going back to the running back position. We're going to get two of them in here. I'll take the 22-year-old Brees Hall. He is electrifying for the Jets. He had a couple like like mediocre plays on Sunday against that Eagles defense. They were only seven, nine yards, whatever they were. But both of them, you thought to yourself, oh, but that's that's a loss for most running backs. And that's what he's creating almost every time he touches the ball. He's so much fun to watch. Another guy, you can build your running back stable. I like, you guys can fill me in on this as well, see what you think. I kind of like the second half of the first round more than the like later part of the first first round or the first half of the first round. That that 8 through 12 range is a little bit better than the the three through six or seven range to me. I, I like the idea of doubling up on these guys right here rather than having to wait until the middle of the second round. What are your thoughts on that? I was going to say I disagree. Like if I, I've learned from this exercise that if I was in a startup right now and I'm outside of those top eight-ish, eight-ish picks, I'd probably put Olave at eight and then call it that top eight. 
Uh, I think I either want to move up into the top eight or I want to get out of that range. So like, I, I, I like, I like, I like Devontae Smith. I like Tyreek. I like Brees Hall, uh, but they're not players that I necessarily want to start building my team around. So if I can pick up more capital and move down into like, I, I still think there's probably four or five players in this tier um, that I like. So uh, I would do the opposite, I think. Okay. You are up at number 13 overall. Who you got here, Matt? Oh, that's right. We're not snaking, huh? Um, I'll take, I'll just, I'll just, I'll go to running back. I'll take Devon A. Chain here. I know he has that knee injury, but I don't think that that knee injury is necessarily, uh, you know, people might say it's a size concern thing. He's 190 pounds, whatever, but I don't really think that that is the case for him uh, with this particular injury. So, and, you know, it's clear that he's one of the most explosive running backs in the league. Uh, I, I would have him just one spot above Brees Hall uh, as my running back two overall right now. Um, so to get him in the second here, it looks good to me. Ryan, I'm curious, where do you have a chain or a chan in your rankings for this? Uh, yeah, he, I don't know if I would have taken him here at, at two Oh two, but, uh, definitely in this range, certainly in the first half of the second round. So I, I think that's a reasonable pick. We talked about yeah. all those injured players earlier. He seems to be the one that has the most positive outlook, uh, as far as should be back after that IR stint, uh, if things go well. So yeah, I think I think that's a, a fine spot to take him. Um, You're up at the 14 pick, Ryan. I think I'm gonna go back to the receiver position. Um, yeah, I think this is just the guy I want the most, and sometimes that's how you decide who you're taking in these things. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with uh, Jordan Addison here at the two. Yeah. Oh, you got me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's brutal. I, I thought for sure he would, if I was at the 12 turn where I took Brees Hall and we were snaking, I would have gone Hall and Jordan Addison there and just built the team with super young up and coming yeah. studs. I like Addison right there at 14. Totally ruined, ruined my plans. I nice. hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that really wipes out a tier of players kind of for me. I, I, I had a chan right in here and Addison fitting in. And that's why I said what I said earlier. I like I like the bottom part of the, that first round because you could double up with guys like Alave or Smith or Hall in the first round and then get A-chan or Addison in the second and feel like you got up and coming players that that are on like you talk about all the time, Ryan, on their way up. Right. Guys that are going to be better next year than they even are now. And even now they're they're producing and they're creating uh, opportunities for you. Um, I guess I, I have to go with one of the older guys. You did it earlier, Ryan, when you took Tyreek. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey, 27-year-old running backs, rarely pan out as even second-round picks in Dynasty. But to see what he's doing, scoring touchdowns in 15 straight games for the 49ers in an offense that we want pieces of over and over again, I'm going to break the rule. Usually in those first few rounds, I try to stick to 25 or younger, 26 or younger at the oldest. And this is even a running back. So it's really breaking the rule, but he needs to go. Um, yeah. Christian McCaffrey was the running back three in week one, the running back six in week two, the running back four in week three, the running back one in week four, only, only the 11 last week, uh, unfortunately got the injury this week, uh, which, which cut him a little but bit, still scored, um, but did score, still scored a touchdown you. for you. So you can't complain, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he belongs here. Absolutely. Um, I kind of have him and Devin a chain, like, like two a and two B, um, in my ranking. So, uh, definitely like that um i'm up aren't i i was i thought i was going to be able to draft mccaffrey here so i was too busy looking up on stats for him instead (laughs) um i think uh i think i think this is the right place for those veterans though like you like ryan said you guys you took tyree kill already i'm going to take stefan Diggs here yeah another guy 29 years old but as we speak catching passes against the giants on Sunday night football, he's going to continue to do that into his age 30 and 31 season. It really feels like one of those elite wide receivers and certainly belongs in the second round. Ryan, you're up at the 2.05. I am going to go with, um, I'm going to reach a little bit here probably, but I'm, I'm just feeling better and better about this player uh, every week. I'm going to take Drake London here at the 2.05. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously this is this is kind of the range he was being valued in uh, most of the offseason, even getting up until the into the late first, if I remember correctly. And then the the reality of the Falcons offense kind of set in and and he's lost a bit of value, but uh, produced well in week six and uh, really has produced well the past couple of weeks. So I'm not as worried about Drake London, certainly not worried long term. Yeah, I like that pick. Actually, he was he was within a couple picks. I think I think he belongs in this range. The the reemergence of him in that Falcons offense over the last couple of weeks really feels good and feels like that Arthur Smith maybe decided, wait, we got some talented guys. We got to start getting these guys the ball. London certainly looked good on Sunday. I like what he was doing there. Um, I'm going to go with with my next running back that's on my list. And a lot of people probably think it's Jameer Gibbs, but it's actually Kenneth Walker. I'd take Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. over over Gibbs. And, uh, I, you know, I like what I see out of that Seattle op. They seem to have – they are committed to him as their RB1. And I've talked about Charbonnet a lot. But Walker is so electrifying and makes so many big plays. Those are the kind of plays that you need to, to win fantasy games. I like him in the short term and long term. And Walker, of course, only in his second season, just 22 years old with all that speed. So I'll wrap him up right here at the 206. Kick off the second half of round two, Matt. Yeah, it's just a big chunky tear for me. And it's just <laughs> like like that, like the kind of like that after that first big tier in the first round, right? Um I'm probably reaching a little, which usually to me says I need to adjust my rankings. Um, but uh I'm gonna take Jackson Smith and Jigma here as the first Seattle wide mm. receiver off the board. Uh a little bit more work today. Uh, obviously kind of an ugly game, as we mentioned, with Gino not playing super well today uh, and just an ugly game in general against a team they should have just throttled, right? Um, but didn't work out that way. Um, but he's his, his work has increased each week, uh, and I think he's the most talented wide receiver. I think it's just a matter of time until he gets involved. The two tight end set usage is, is a lot for Seattle. They really like that, obviously, running the ball. Um, but again, he has two outs. If uh, either of the other wide receivers – you know, something happens to them. I think we're going to see a big jump in usage and production from JSM. That's a surprising one to me. I, I actually had six wide receivers ahead of JSM still. I, I don't like I get it, it in the second round right now. I get it. I get it. Ryan, who you got at the 2.08? I'm going to stick with the rookie wide receivers. I'm going to get uh, oh. the one that's uh, producing, though. I'll take Puka Nakua here. <clears throat> I thought I thought he might slip to my next pick. I guess I was wrong. I played that wrong. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with the other one. It's Zay Flowers. He's the one I would have as my wide receiver one out of this class. Okay. Um, I love how the how the Ravens use him, and I think the sky's the limit for Zay. Well, then it's I guess it's time for more veterans. You guys already took <laughs> Puka Nakua. I'll take Cooper. I'll take Cooper Cup here. I feel like it's time. He's 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 back, right? We can say that at this point. Yeah, he's back. That was a pretty slick touchdown. Seven for 148 and a touchdown today after whatever 11 catches last week. Um, hmm. You're right, Matt. This is just, uh, it, it, it continues to be. <laughs> it's just, just get, get your just guy, right? Beer. I mean, does, doesn't that mean though, like, and, and I mean, we, we've got plenty of time for things to change before startup season is here, but you, you can't, you can't move up or down targeting one player, right? Not in this range. It's a good point. Um, it's a good point. Or if you feel the same about all of the players, alternatively, you can just trade down. Yeah, to a bunch of get a bunch of people picks in this range. True. Um, another wide receiver. I'll take T. Higgins here. Yeah, he was. He's he was a, a guy I was so considering scary. as well. Man, he is a scary player to me right now from yeah. from a value standpoint. Uh, scary, but still only 24 years old, attached to a quarterback we like. There's rumor out of Cincinnati that it's going to be difficult what? for them to hold on to all of these guys. I was going to say that. And maybe he ends up in Alpha somewhere else. So I, I don't know if he's really made for that role, that true number one role. Um, maybe maybe as a number one receiver in an offense, but maybe not a top 10 NFL wide receiver and and that guy that we call elite or, or an Alpha um, 
I'm up to finish off round two, and I'll stick with the wide receiver position. It is an alpha receiver, I think, at least. It's DK Metcalf, 25 years old. And while he's a little bit inconsistent, I actually had him rank quite a bit higher than this. He and Zay Flowers were were more towards the middle of round two for me. So I like the value that you get in these wide receivers, really in general. You guys mentioned it. This, This huge tier with a lot of wide receivers in it, I really love them all. Uh, let's get through round three, Matt. You can kick it off. Um, yeah, I was just looking up real quick uh, T. Higgins' contract situation. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year, so that'll be interesting to see how that contract negotiation plays out. Um, I will take... Franchise tag is a possibility there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Gosh. Do I take? Is he ready to be tight end one overall? I don't think so. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with Mark Andrews, tight end one overall, right here at 301. But I'm sure someone will be taking the other guy that might be tight end one soon. Uh, that's crazy because for a moment I thought he was talking about Pitts, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it Matt does things like that. that. It he's my third. He's my he's my tight end three. All right, you guys, come on, come down. Um, let's see. I've only taken wide receivers so far. Um, hashtag brand. Yeah. I don't know if I can continue that. I'm looking, 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 look, <laughs> looking at the names mistakes. on the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will go with, Oh man. I, yeah. I can't do it. I gotta go. Gotta go wide receiver. I'll take Brandon. Ayuk here. Oh man. I thought for sure he'd get to my next pick. I almost took him over Ayuk. I battled myself. I have him as a mid-second round pick right now at yeah. uh, 19 overall in my ranking. So that I thought I was going to get 17, 18, and 19 with these picks mm. in my rankings. That's a that's a great pick. I think people are sleeping on Ayuk. And too many people, and I noticed it in our mocks, Debo goes over over Ayuk way too much. It's yeah. ridiculous. Ayuk's the true receiver one in that offense. And man, he looks so good in that role. Um, so I got sniped and it hurts. I would <laughs> I would like a redo on that. Um, thought for sure I was going to get him. So this is me stalling. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go across position either. Uh, I guess I guess I have to... I guess I have to, right? You got to I'm taking Sam Laporta. That that's the way to go. Yeah, he's, wow. he's okay. the that's, he's the tight end two. Uh, he's really the tight end one. So Laporta is the pick here. Whew. We've had uh, what nine straight picks without a running back. So I'll 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 throw I'll throw out with some running back here. Um, I'll do, I'll go with Tony Pollard. Look, they want to run the ball. He he hasn't been as productive as. I necessarily thought he was going to be this season so far, but again, they've had some weird game scripts, lots of blowouts and, uh, and and stuff. But I think the use the usage is still there, and I think the numbers will come. That wasn't the name I expected you to say. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a uh, running back as well. I'm just trying to decide between the two guys I like here. Um, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne here. Uh, my my first non-wide receiver. Yeah, he was the next running back on my list as well. I like the I, I kind of like the value and we've seen how his he can have those spike weeks here recently. Yeah. He's a big part of that Jaguars offense and we we want parts of that offense. Do I'm uh, Do we think that do we guys do we think that Bigsby is just not very good? Or did the did the plan change, or was the plan that we thought where Bigsby was going to be, you know, in the in the preseason where it looked like he might split some time, like it just hasn't materialized? So what's going on there? Well, I, I do think that he is the goal line back. It's just that nobody gets tackled at the one for the Jags. <laughs> you know, it really does. Feel, and, or ETN says, you know what? I'm not going to get it from the one, so I better get in there from the 20. And that's what's been happening more recently. It, it's it, been happening, yeah. 
He's more he's more explosive this year than he's been. He what he looked last year, right? Is, am I making that up? He looks. No, yeah, I think he so. Looks like he's no, I think so. Second gear or fifth gear, I should. That say. juice that he had at Clemson. Yeah. Um, okay, I need to. You know, I think I'm going to break the seal at quarterback. I, I think you know. Usually, usually it's a little bit risky to do that because there's you know you'd rather be the guy taking the third quarterback than the first one because they're all kind of the same if i had to take a quarterback right now i would i would take jalen hurts so i'm gonna take him right here in the middle of the third round Hmm. well i think there is one elite veteran receiver left so i'll take him here i'll take uh uh, Devontae adams hmm I thought about it as well. The, the injury is a little worrisome for me right now. Age 30 and banged or banged up a little bit. The Patriots clearly took him away on Sunday. Um, but yeah. he hasn't been as productive because of the, the but also injury Brian most Hoyer. likely, right? But if, and Brian Hoare. But a year from now, he'll be 31 years old. I don't know if I can spend a third. He'll be back that, with Aaron Rodgers. I was, I was you choosing know, between the quarterback, the, good old the quarterback and Devontae, and I'd rather have a 25-year-old quarterback than a 31-year-old Devontae next year. Um, you know, I think once the seal's broken on quarterback, it, it just kind of opens the floodgates a little bit. So I'll, I'll follow suit, Dan, and I'll take Patrick Mahomes here. Okay. Well, if I hadn't taken a quarterback already, and I know it's unreasonable to think you'd have the 306 and the 309 in a mock, I might go take the other one, just so Matt can't have one. But I'm going to – no, actually, I'm going to do it. You're not going to take the one that I want. You're not going to take the one I want anyway. He's the next oh, one on my oh. list, the guy on my list. It's Josh Allen. I'll take him here at the 309. It's totally fine because I want Lamar Jackson instead at the 310. Ryan, who you got at the That's 11? my last pick. That's my yes. last pick. Um, I will go with I'll go with Jameer Gibbs here. Um, obviously, oh, yeah, he he had to yeah. go in the top. He slipped. Third. He should have been the where Pollard went. That was dumb. Yeah, that's what that's the name I expected you to say there. I I would have if I had remembered that he was still on the board. I would have taken him there, but. Maybe there's well, he a was... lesson in here to have a list before you <laughs> he, fell, he fell like another eight picks. So, you know, it wasn't. Uh... He was the one I was deciding uh, between when I took ETN. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good, good value for sure. Although we still I mean, we still have some questions, obviously, about uh, his role uh, on that team. But uh, the, the upside is is obviously still uh, pretty big when it comes to Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I got the last pick here, the 312, and I'm going to take another running back. It's Jonathan Taylor. I knew it. I know I know he uh, he hasn't quite done it in two games, but he's going to have that backfield to himself. Hey. And if you watch the Colts in the last couple of weeks, you saw some running lanes, and those are going to be Jonathan Taylor's here shortly. He had that 40-yard reception and then five more catches and got six total yards uh, on them. <laughs> and then still got out-touched by uh, – Zach Moss. It's it's clear that they are easing him in to this offense, yeah. which is fine be okay. because you're going to see him get those rushing lanes that Zach Moss has got uh, here the last couple of weeks. So anybody that we completely overlooked, I think a lot of dynasty managers are saying, wait a minute, we saw two tight ends. Didn't see Travis Kelsey in the top 36, but I think I can speak yeah. for all of us that 35 year old tight ends going into next year probably not what we're building our dynasty rosters around. The next name on my list outside of that was Christian Watson. Who's the next name on your guys' list? I had Watson and Eckler up there okay. next. Eckler scared me off. I didn't have him in my in my top 42. I, I only made a 42 for this. Did you guys list DJ Moore? He, he I was, was going to say, no. Yeah, DJ Moore, DJ Moore and TJ Hawkinson were kind of the next guys uh, on – on my list um, along with Christian Watson, who you already mentioned. Yeah, that's uh, that pretty much touches all the names that I was expecting to see called. Um, it'd be fun to go through six rounds because obviously we're not just building teams around the first three rounds of a, of a dynasty startup, but they are important. Um, it, it really comes down to, to maybe, maybe trying to remove a lot of risk with those first three picks and 
I think that's what you do, Ryan, when you when you take those wide receivers, those high upside wide receivers, try to get rid of as much risk as possible, fill in with the running backs and, and other positions later on. Any other final thoughts from this uh, mock draft, draft exercise? I was just going to say that the next time we do one of these, there's a pretty good chance we have 2024 rookies included. And we start talking about how high uh, guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. might go in, in startups. Yeah, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Matt, anything from you? Uh, I Again, I would go back to like I want to be in the top eight-ish of the first round. Otherwise, I'd, I, I'm i happy to trade back and acquire as many like top 50 picks as I can from there. Uh, because once you get outside of these elite guys, these these true studs that are – or can easily average 20 plus points a week, uh, you know, notwithstanding the, uh, the vet, the veterans like Tyreek Hill and, and, uh, guys like that. I just think that guys like Tyreek Hill, you take him at the, in the first round, you've, you've kind of, you know, you're not necessarily like pigeonholed into going win now, but like, if you got an asset like that, you probably want to win now. Right. So, um, in that case, if I'm not trying to do that, I'm just happy to come back and grab as many in that second and third round as I can. And for me, it just cemented the, build around wide receiver early. I'm looking oh, at a yeah. couple of my picks, even my Bijan Robinson pick. I don't feel great about that with the third pick right now. That'd be somebody I'd be trying to move off of for wide receiver help or future draft picks that can get me wide receivers. I also picked Kenneth Walker in the second round. I already put a big arrow on my list. Yep. He should be down about seven or eight <laughs> spots. All of those wide receivers that went after him in at the end of round two should be over Kenneth Walker there especially when you see Jameer Gibbs and Jonathan Taylor go at the end of the third round. Uh, Wide receiver early is the official stance. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Should have taken Amon Ross and...